Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff, really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail so that way you can say, does this apply to me and how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome to the live chat here on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, welcome. Got a big episode today on our weekly financial update. This is primarily going to be centered around student loans because uh, the Biden administration and Department of Education dropped a lot of updates yesterday um, that are now going to be taking place. So most of this weekly update is going to be geared towards student loans. Um, Also, we've been getting a lot of questions over the last week uh, based on our update from last week. So we're going to answer those two. Again, most of them centered around student loans, not going to be talking too much about mortgages and uh, the stock market today, because again, the big news that affects most of you is those student loans. Uh, again, if you're working, uh, watching on YouTube, uh, welcome. Uh, it, you know, Please subscribe to the channel. It helps us grow. It helps get the word out on this stuff. Share the, uh, the YouTube channel with your friends. It is appreciated. If you're listening on the podcast, same thing. Um, you know, subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends. It is definitely appreciated. Um, those of you that don't know that, this is the first time you've listened to us. Basically, Fitbucks, we, we focus on financial planning for 20 to 40 year olds. Um, centered, I mean, it's now financial planning, financial planning technology, but we started our first technology all centered around student loans. So we know student loans inside and out. That's why this is a, a massive update. And that's why a lot of you are uh, tuning in. So let's jump right into it. I'm going to go through these in order. There's like five or six pretty big updates. Uh, I'm going to go basically the first ones I'm going to go through are ones that actually apply to everybody with student loans. And then as I'm going through them, some of them may not apply to you at all. Some of them might. Okay. So I'm going to start with the ones that uh, apply to everybody. I've been getting a lot of questions about, you know, this whole 10K student loan forgiveness. Yes, it was stopped for the time being. There's an injunction, so it can't be issued out. That doesn't mean just not apply. If you haven't applied already, still apply. So that way it's ready to go if they do approve it. I've been getting the questions on what are my thoughts on this? What do I think is going to happen with all this? Okay. What I think is that the lawsuit that stopped it, there's actually three of them. One of them that actually stopped it. The other two are still going through the courts. Okay. And there was eight judges that said, they didn't make a ruling on it. They didn't say yes or no. They said, you can't do this yet until the courts are coming out with the decision. What I think is going to end up happening, they're not going to make a decision anytime soon. Okay. They're going to wait for the midterm elections uh, to be done, which is in what, 11 days or something like that. And then from there, they're going to see who wins, meaning do Republicans take back the House or do Democrats keep the House? And I'll touch on that in a minute. Then from there, they're going to say, now, you know, based on who wins, here, the, the courts are going to cancel this or not. So like if, if Democrats win, I can see the courts then saying, this is not doable. You're not doing this. And then eventually it's going to go to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court's going to say, nope, not going to happen. 
if if the Republicans take over, I can see that the court not doing anything. And the reason being is because the new Congress takes over, it's like January 3rd or January 4th, I can't remember, uh, one of those dates, but that's when the new Congress takes over after this election. And Congress with Republicans in the House of Representatives would have the ability to then do their own lawsuit. And that lawsuit, I mean, is, is, since it comes from Congress, we'll go to the Supreme Court and probably win. Like, and so the judges that are looking at these cases, they're kind of, they're, they're not great cases, but they're not bad cases. They're kind of in this in-between. So I think if Republicans get elected, it gives them this out to say they're going to file a lawsuit. That one holds way more water. We're just going to let that one go through the court system and never rule on this. Okay. If Democrats take over, like I said, I think it's going to go to the Supreme Court and I think it's going to be stopped at the Supreme Court. For you, what does this all mean? Um, I don't think any of this is going to be decided before the end of December. So what does that mean in the big picture? I think they're going to kick the can down the road again with student loan repayment. Okay. I think that Biden's going to say, well, we can't start student loans um if we don't know what's being canceled or not canceled or whatever it's going to be okay so i think they're going to kick the can down the road and again i'll see a loan repayment which i already know a lot of you have contacted us you're getting pissed off about it it's nice not to have loans but it's like can we just figure out what the hell's going on instead of every two or three months it's like well no it's this date and then it's this date and then it's this date it's like just i mean a lot of you have been like after just start the damn things already who cares like let's go right there's like this cloud Thing, you know, over you waiting for, you know, people in Washington to make decisions. So a lot of you voice those, voice those frustrations. Trust me, I, I get it because we get those same frustrations internally because of, you know, with our technology and stuff. It's, we're right there with you trying to figure out what we need to build in order to do all this stuff. And we can't get answers from anybody. Right. So, but that's what I think is going to happen. Um, long story short, I don't think student loans are going to start repayment again in January. Um, I also think Republicans, if they win, they might actually sue to restart them. I, so in terms of when they're going to start, uh, I've been saying it since Biden got elected, I think that he's going to can't like not have repayment the entire time he's president. Um, but if I had to say, put a guess of when they actually will start, um, like if they do do it, then I would say either June or July, because that's when the new IDR plan is supposed to roll out, which I'm going to talk about next. Um, and then, um, but if it goes through the court system faster in terms of Republicans suing them in January, you might see them start in like March or, or April. We'll, we'll see. So stay tuned. I don't think student loan repayment is going to be starting in January. We'll see. Okay. That is the first announcement. The second one has to do with IDR and your repayment plan. So all of you guys that are on this, you know, pay attention. Uh, as I mentioned, that new IDR plan, we don't know any details about it yet. They're supposed to probably be releasing them sometime in November. Um, so that's a few days away. So we expect something in November to be coming out on this new IDR plan who qualifies the details of it, all this type of stuff. And then they've announced that that new IDR plan will probably take effect in July. Again, we don't have details on it, but that's the big, one of the big news there. Now, the other piece on IDR, this is applying to many of you that have called us, not everybody, but a lot. Um, some of you might have for a long time been making payments on like a standard 10-year plan or a 25-year plan, and you were trying to pay off your loans. 
And then you're like, you know, I can't do this. And you switch to an income during payment plan. Or you might be looking at your payments coming out and being like, I'm not going to be able to qualify, like pay these anymore. So you might've been in a repayment before. And it's just like, look, now after three years of not having a payment, I got, you know, maybe a car debt, maybe a mortgage, like I got to go on an income during payment plan. The reason why that's a big deal is because historically, if you're on like a 25 year plan or a 10 year plan, and then you switched, you don't get credit to the 20 or 25 years of loan forgiveness. Okay. Like you start from zero. So you still have to do like 240 months of payments between now and I believe it's May 1st of next year. You can apply for what's called the IDR waiver starting in November. Okay. So not yet. This is going to start in November. You can apply for what's called an IDR waiver. And what that means is that if you're on an income during payment plan, so you have to enroll in an income during payment plan, that you can fill out this waiver and they will give you credit for those months that you paid on the standard 10-year plan or the standard 25-year plan. So like, for example, let's just say you did uh, 20 months on paying off your loans on a standard 25-year plan or a standard 10-year plan. And then you called Fitbucks and you said, you know, went through your, your financial plan. Let's just say this back in like 2019 before COVID. And you said, okay, I want to switch over to IDR because I just, I, I'm not going to be able to pay these off in a timely fashion. And it makes more sense for me to go on IDR. And so you switched over to want to pay as you are. At that point in time, um, you start the clock from zero. Those 20 payments that you made on the regular payment plan wouldn't count. If you fill out this IDR waiver, they will count. Okay, so make sure if you're that in that situation, <clears throat> make sure you go and do that. Okay, this next one's a big one. I know a lot of you listening to this are from California. A lot of you guys are from Texas. Um, so this doesn't apply to everybody, but it's applying to a lot of people that are on public service loan forgiveness or want to be on public service loan forgiveness. Okay. In the past, and I know this firsthand because my wife used to work at Kaiser. Okay, Kaiser is one of the big hospital systems that this is going to affect. That when you work at Kaiser, for example, it's a nonprofit hospital, but as, for example, a PT or if you're a physician, you're forced to work for a for-profit entity. You don't have a choice. So you don't qualify for public service loan forgiveness because you don't technically work for the nonprofit. Okay. That means you don't get it qualified. The way they wrote the new rule is that you will now qualify. Okay. Will that actually go into effect? We'll see. It's not 100% certain yet. I'm, I'm reading some of the stuff on it, you know, right now as we're going through this. Um, but that's one of the big things on that. And so they're not 100% sure yet. But you know, myself and other people that have been reading this they believe these new guidelines starting in 2023 are going to be instituted, um, which again means if you work at a like place like Kaiser, I know, for example, some places here in Texas, like Baylor Scott White, um, some of the PTs there don't qualify because they work, their portion is owned by a private equity firm, but they work at BSW and that's a nonprofit it would then qualify, okay? 
Um, so that's a big one for some of you that are working at a nonprofit hospital, but you don't actually work for the nonprofit. Now, another one where we haven't gotten clarity on this and we probably won't until we have people try it is a lot of your travel PTs, travel nurses, travel OTs, travel SLPs, whatever, you know, down the road, down the line, is that you guys run into the same problem. You might have a contract at a nonprofit, but you actually work for a for-profit. And in the past, that doesn't count. Again, based on the wording of this, like if you're a healthcare provider and you work at a nonprofit, even though you're not paid for them, you will still get credit, okay? Again, that was a little bit more iffy because you're considered maybe like a part-time worker, not a full-time type of worker. So that one, yeah, I don't know yet. Like I said, for travelers, we're probably going to have to wait to see and have a traveler to apply for it and see if they actually get it, okay? <clears throat> so that's some big news uh, there. Um, also, again, these last two probably don't apply to, to most of you, uh, but it might apply to a couple of you, especially if you have... Uh, older loans, the FFEL loans, okay? This IDR waiver is the same type of thing that the government just got sued for, for the standard or the 10K in forgiveness, meaning you were going to get 10K in forgiveness if you have FFEL loans, and then they got sued, so they stopped it. So if you have FFEL loans, you don't get it anymore. I can see the same thing happening with this IDR waiver, so we're anticipating that lawsuit. So if this is you, and you want those FFEL loans to qualify for, for IDR, you, you might want to consolidate those into a direct loan. If that's confusing again, and if any of this stuff is confusing to you guys, reach out to us, schedule a call, build your profile, it's free, and we can go through and see how this actually applies to you, okay? Um, the last portion, again, not very many of you are gonna have this. This is not related to COVID forbearance, this is strictly for forbearance or loan deferral from in the past. So let's just say you had something happen and you're on like 12 months of forbearance, um, 24 months of forbearance. Maybe you had a deferment in there prior to COVID. Um, those months don't count towards IDR loan forgiveness. It also makes you potentially not qualify for it. The, uh, up until May 1st, so from November to, to May, uh, in the coming months, you can fill out this IDR waiver and you then get credit for those months that you're on forbearance and whatnot. You know, so make sure that you com complete that, make sure you do that and everything's good to go. One last announcement, if you're on IDR, there was a lot of technicalities, um, like making payments late, you got kicked off, you don't qualify for forgiveness anymore. Those are getting wiped out too. So like if you ever made a late payment, it still counts because you made a payment. Okay. So that's actually a good one. I'm excited about that one because there are some BS that they used to do in there. So those are the student loan updates. Again, that's what I wanted to jump on, talk the most about today. Um, now, other than that, going real quickly into mortgages, rates are at 7%, home affordability still sucks. Um, I mean, that's the end of the day. People ask me, well, what's going to change? What can make a change? It's only really three things. Either people's income's got to go up, which I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, mortgage rates got to crash, which can go down for home affordability to go back up, which the feds told us they're not dropping rates anytime soon. So barring a massive recession, I don't see that happening in the next six to nine months, maybe in six to nine months, they drop them a lot again when the big recession does hit, we'll see. The third one, home prices got to go down. Like that's the only way affordability can go up. So I could see home prices dropping, like I've been saying for months, 
quite a bit. We'll see. Um, the last one, the stock market, again, it's all over the place. Same type of thing. Keep dollar cost averaging into it on your retirement plan. Maybe shift some allocations, maybe slow down what you're putting into it if you want to, but don't stop. I mean, don't try to time the market. There's always a difference between money management and investing, right? So again, if you guys got questions, build your profile, fitbooks.com. We'll go through, build out your financial plan with our new technology for financial planning. You can add all these different things into it, life events, planning, and it's fantastic. It's awesome. We're rolling out more and more of it every month. I love it. You, I, I hope you guys will love it. Thanks for jumping on the, um, the weekly uh, update. Talk to you guys soon.